What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week, helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast. We want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each and every week. My name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm our associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. All right. Hey, everybody. We're so glad that you're listening today. We we love you. We enjoy talking to each other and, and hope that you can get in on this conversation as well. We always love to hear your comments and questions. Yeah, absolutely. You send those in to strap at arisedenver.com or mwolf at arisedenver.com. We'd love to hear from you. We always do. And, and today we're going to talk about goals. We're talking about goals. Goals. So our message... <laughs> I had to do it once. It wasn't long enough. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't want to. Well, I can't. <laughs> man, some of those announcers, it's like a minute, and they're like pushing it's, it. And I'm like, that is impressive. It is impressive. Capacity. you got to really work up to it. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's, like I think it's a training. skill developed. Yeah, I think so, absolutely. too. Um, and we're talking about goals because the message this last Sunday was the goal. Mm-hmm, and the goal. that was the point of the message. If you missed that, go back and listen to it. And it was the fi- final message, the finale of our series, The Quest. <laughs> Um, and, you know, we, we talked about how Jesus is the goal. And not only that, he's the way to the goal. That's right. And, and because of that, I said, hey, we've got to put all our other earthly goals in perspective to the ultimate goal. That's right. And, and yet I kind of mentioned, but, you know, this doesn't mean you get rid of goals in your life. It's like, doesn't mean like, okay, I, every anything goes. I'll just do That's whatever. Right. Time to be aimless as long as we <laughs> make Jesus the point. Yeah. And otherwise, eh, whatever. I, I guess I can go be a wanderer now. Um, wander the earth. Um, <laughs> Not all know. who wander are lost, Matt. That's true. Not all that glitters is gold. <laughs> okay. But what it does mean is that we change the way we view our goals. So mm-hmm. we wanted to talk about yeah. it today, especially because I'm a goal setter. Are you a goal setter, Sawyer? I am, but having worked with you for almost three years now, not as much as you. Yeah, and even if I don't write them down, <laughs> I have goals. So he like some goals. people are like, you got to write your goals down. I'm like, I know what my goals are. Like, I don't need to write them down. Yeah. Sometimes I do. I, I, I remember, so I really got into it when I was, I don't know, it was like mm, January of when I was 18. Okay. It was like a pivotal moment in my life. I've shared some of it. Mm-hmm. So this was right after some crazy things happened in my life and I was ready to like follow Jesus. And I wrote down this list of like 50 goals. Oh my gosh, wow. And I have it, I need, you need to find it. It was like handwritten on pencil and I put it in my wallet. And I have checked off a few of those things on my goal, mm-hmm. not all of them. And some of them now I'm like, that was a stupid goal. But <laughs> I have goals and I've set new goals. Um, I'm always having more and more goals when I accomplish one. I'm like, okay, what's the next step for that? Um, so so what are some of the goals you set in your life, Sawyer? Do you have one right now? Maybe? I have one right now. Um, so last year I attempted to read a book a week. Yep. And didn't do very well. Okay. I mean, I did decent. I mean, I got to the mid-30s. Yep. So I that's, have made that's that. pretty good. It's pretty good. I made that my goal for this year. And okay. so far, we are almost to the last week of February. I'm, I'm, I'm on track. That's good. So I'm I'm about to complete my eighth book, so I'm feeling pretty good so far. But at the same time, 
I was I was doing pretty good at this point last year too. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, I uh, you know that I set reading goals as yes. well every year, and I've actually he done, crushes me. Yes, I've had years though that I don't <laughs> hit my goal. So for the last ten years, I've set a goal of reading fifty books a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't hit it every year, right? Um, but some years I go over, and last year I went way over. You went I did. Way over. I did a hundred books last year. Although maybe you can answer a question for us. This is a debate that Matt and I have. Okay, is audio, are audio books cheating? Because <laughs> I read all my books, like words, yeah. I, I, e-books, absolutely. But I don't listen to them. Yeah, and that's how I got so many books last year. Yeah. As I listened to them. So you can, if you have an answer to decide our debate between Sawyer and I, that's right. We'd love to hear Shoot your comments. Shoot me an email. Yeah. <laughs> Only if I'm right, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think they count. I don't care how you get your content. Just get it in. That's right. Um, yeah. If you can remember it, then whatever works best for you. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that is how I got 100 is yeah. audiobooks. And somebody was like, oh, audiobooks don't count. <laughs> okay, I count them because That's I right. set my own you goal. You set like, your <laughs> own goals. Absolutely. Who cares what you think? But, yeah, I set that goal every year. And wh- one cool thing, and this is why one of the reasons I do it, mm-hmm. is because now I look over after 10 years, I've read over 500 books. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's like because you look at it, man, I love reading, but there's so many books like, oh, I wish I could read every book in the whole world. Like going into a bookstore almost is like not a good place for me because I'm like, I want to read all of them right now. You're just crippled by decisions. Yes, yeah. there's too many books yeah. and I know I can only read one at a time or a few at a time. Yeah. You know. So, But the point is I love setting goals. Reading mm-hmm. is just one of the goals I yeah. set. Um, and, and so my message on Sunday, well, Jesus is the goal. All these other goals pale in cons- comparison. So we wanted to talk on the podcast today about, well, what about these smaller earthly goals in right. life? How do we set them? And I actually think it's a good thing to set goals, mm-hmm. a healthy thing, yeah, absolutely. an important thing. And there was a, a study in one of the books I read <laughs> last year. Uh, <laughs> it was actually a, a really interesting book. And, and he was talking about some research done in 2009 at okay. the University of Miami by two guys, Michael McCullough and Brian Willoughby. And they were, they were looking at goal setting and self-control and that kind of stuff. And, and from a psychologist's perspective, they were saying, hey, let, let's study how religion impacts this. Mm, and at the okay. time, they were like, this is kind of unpopular, you know, 2009, it, it still is kind of an unpopular thing. Well, how does religion impact this? But, but they said, Hey, we, we, we want to just do it anyways. Does it impact how you set goals or whether you're successful in mm-hmm. um, filling goals? And, and what they found was that there's a remarkably, I'm quoting them, remarkably okay. consistent findings that religiosity correlates with higher self-control mm. going on top of that, that higher self-control means more likely to accomplish goals that they set. And they even call it sanctified goals. You know? <laughs> That's a good... Secular researchers go. are like, these are sanctified goals, which means being made holy, right? <laughs> um, so, and they said it's different between just normal goals and goal sanctification, they write, again, quoting them, of this nature appears to energize goal striving and possibly influence successful goal attainment. There you go. If you want to be better... That sounds pretty good. It sounds yeah. great. If you want to be better at setting your goals, you need Jesus in your life. In other words, it's proven secularly, right? I, I love when, when this stuff happens. Yeah. But, but it really does. And, and this is one final quote I want to share from their research. They say, The belief that God has preferences for how you behave and the goals you set for yourself has to be the granddaddy of all psychological devices for encouraging people to follow through with their goals. There you go. So the fact that we have a God in our life who actually cares about the small goals in our life actually helps us accomplish them even greater. And I would say that's true for my life. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, so if you have goals, it's good. So let's talk about then how we actually set the small goals in our lives, the, the lowercase g goals, because we know, of course, the ultimate goal is when we finally do reach Jesus at the end. 
Right. And you summed that up so well in your message. And I think one of the biggest things that I took away from your message and is something that we're going to talk about today is putting these small goals when we're making them, when we're setting them in the right perspective, Mm. in the right perspective. So let me unpack what I mean by that. Because if Jesus is the ultimate goal, the Mm -hmm. goal above all other goals, the end all be all of everything that we do, then that means that the other goals that we're making aren't. Mm -hmm. That even if it's a good thing, even if it's a great thing, even if it improves your life, makes your life better, makes your relationships better, makes you wealthy, makes you successful, makes you powerful, makes you whatever it is, then it must be underneath and below and less significant in our lives than the goal of following Jesus. Amen. Yeah. That, that's for sure right. So a perspective on that. So, so practically, what does that mean? Practically, it means when we're setting goals, if a goal doesn't ultimately help us follow Jesus and become more like Jesus, then it's not a goal we should be making. Okay, that, that's good. So right at the beginning, don't even set that goal mm-hmm. if it takes you away from following Jesus. Right. What else? And I think also as we work towards our goals, if we've said that it's going to help us follow Jesus or Mm -hmm. it's not in competition to that, we want to make sure it stays not in competition to that. Okay, that's good. Because it can be really easy to take those small goals and make it the goal. Right. And and what you see playing out is that people in their lives, they set these goals. And even if at the get-go, like this is a good goal to Mm -hmm. become a doctor, to make a million dollars, you know, uh, I mentioned that. Or, or, hey, I'm going to write the book or I'm going to get this position. Like those are all good. They can definitely fulfill our calling. Yeah. But then sometimes to get to the goal, Mm. people will do things that take us off track of following Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's the idea of that your, your life, your, your spouse, your kids have been sacrificed on the altar of your career. Mm, yeah. You know, if you've ever heard that idea, like, okay, right. that means you're not worshiping Jesus. If, if in order to reach your goal, that meant working more hours, not seeing your family, not seeing your kids, missing games, your kids mm-hmm. hating you, your wife leaving you, you have failed even if you've reached that goal, right? Right. Because our goal of following Jesus does not mean we neglect our spouse and kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we're called if we're a follower of Jesus and as people created by God to care for our families. And, and I, I say this, this is really important. I'm not saying this to judge anyone because I have felt that pull. I have felt that pull even, too. Even as, as a pastor and knowing that my wife and kids are important, I'm competitive and I want to succeed <laughs> and I want to be a great pastor. And I look around even at other pastors mm, and I'm like, yeah. man, they work all the time. I talked with one pastor early on in my ministry and in 40 years, it was maybe even coming up on 45 years as a pastor, he had never taken a vacation until like his 40th year and his elders made him take one. Oh my gosh, wow. And I'm like, so this guy's great, successful, great mm-hmm. church, great career. And I'm like, is that what I have to do Yeah. to, to be a good pastor? And I'm like, if that's what it takes, I'd rather not be a good pastor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I want to be a good pastor, of course, but yeah. I don't want to achieve career success at that Thing because not having a vacation is like something that's not good for your soul, not good for your family, mm-hmm. and also probably not good for your walk with Jesus because yeah. he, he, he made celebrations. Did you know that? He yeah. had celebrations in the Bible. He told people to take time off to, to worship and have a celebration, spend time with their family. And to rest. To rest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's not following Jesus. I'm like, okay, to be competitive, sometimes it's things like you have to work harder, work longer, but actually, like if it gets in the way of that ultimate goal of following Jesus... Don't either go for the goal or don't do it that way. Right. And that's often with good things, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good that we want to be <laughs> good pastors, that we want to be faithful stewards of the church that we're leading, that yep. God has given us. 
But if we make that our goal and sacrifice Jesus, the things that Jesus tells us to do and our relationship with God, then that good goal becomes a bad goal. Yes, for sure. So the goal or the way to the goal needs to be following Jesus. There you go. So that's the first thing, perspective. I love Mm -hmm. that. I love that. Yeah, so the second thing, we're really trying to be practical today. So the first thing, we want to put our goals in the right perspective. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I think is maybe connected to that, but maybe even more important. Mm -hmm. Because for many of us, especially in the West, in America, in um, Colorado, in the city of Denver, Mm -hmm. especially, there's this idea that our identity is wrapped up in the things that we do. Yes, in the things that we accomplish, in our mm-hmm. goals, in our abilities, in um, the amount in our 401k, like our job position, our titles, that that is where our identity is. Yes. And we've got to change that too. Absolutely. Like your identity cannot be found in your goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember very early on as a pastor. So I started as, as a, a pastor when I was 24. Yeah. Um, solo pastor of a small church. And I remember um, maybe just over two years in. Mm-hmm. So it's two years into this church. It had grown from 60 to 90 people. 50% growth yeah, in two years. Yeah, pretty good. I felt like, wow, like this is really cool. God's doing some cool things. I remember going to a conference. Uh, a bunch of pastors from all over the country sure. were there, a lot of ministry people. And it was, it was a great conference. And I remember just talking with people, making small talk, because I didn't know anybody when I went there. So yeah. I basically went by myself and talking with this, this person and they're like, oh, where are you from? I told them, oh, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, and I said, I'm a pastor. And they're like, oh, what kind of pastor? And I said, oh, you know, I'm a solo pastor, right? I, I do it <laughs> I, all. I'm the I'm pastor. pastor. I'm a, yeah. right? So my identity's in this, right? Yeah, um, I, I'm just going to be honest. And then they're like, oh, yeah, and what's the size of your church? And I was like, it's 90. That's great, right? <laughs> we have had 50% growth over two, two years. That's incredible. This person literally stopped talking to me, turned around, and walked away. Oh, my gosh. Because... It was cool that I was a pastor, but it was not cool that my church was so small. Didn't and even rank your, didn't even rank their time anymore. It wasn't. It turn around and let's talk with somebody else. And I was like, oh. And I was like, but my identity was so wrapped up into it. And I was like devastated, you yeah. know, in that moment. Like, oh, I, I thought I was going to be, be able to impress these people at this conference that I'm going to. No, it was not impressive. And it's because my identity was wrapped up there. And it, it, it can be despairing then when, like, I, I mean, if our identity is wrapped up in our goal. Because some people are not impressed. Right. Um, because no matter what you achieve, there's always someone in our world that has achieved more. Yes, there's always there's <laughs> always someone to look up to. There's always someone who's achieved more, or there's someone who doesn't care. Yeah, and I think those are the two problems, right? If our identity is wrapped up in the things that we accomplish, in our goals and our abilities, there's always going to be someone that's doing it better, and there's always going to be people out there that couldn't care less. Yeah, because if I, I tell some other people, not in the church world, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm a pastor in a small town in Nebraska. They're like, why? <laughs> why would you waste your life mm-hmm. at a small town in Nebraska? That seems so miserable. Yeah. Um, so either way, if they don't care or they know somebody who's done it better or are better, it's like disappointing when your identity is wrapped up in it. Yeah, I, it, this brings to mind... Um, how, how often, like when we're meeting somebody new, like mm-hmm. one of the first things that we say beyond our name, hey, oh, hey, what do you do for a living? Yep. And it's right to our identity and our occupation and mm-hmm. our jobs. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I've had a couple people um, who have just said, let's stop doing that. Yeah. Not that our yeah. jobs aren't important, not that the things that we accomplish aren't important. And so I, I've tried to stop doing that as well. Like we'll okay. get to your job. Yeah. I've started with name, let's get to meet mm-hmm. each other. And then 
what's exciting in your life right now? Oh, that's a good question. I like that. Because that's what my always, I always wonder. Well, what's the question? Then? What's the question? That's a good one. I like what's exciting in your life. Because that could be your job, which is yeah. fine. It could mm-hmm. be what's going on with your family, your kids. Maybe they're doing something exciting. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's, you, you know, you just got a new, I don't know, a boat came into my head. But yeah, whatever it is that's going on in your life. So you still get to share about yourself. So you get to know that person. But I think with our jobs, as our occupation, especially in the environments that many of us are in, is it's so easy for our, the things that we do to become who we are. That's good. Yeah. So, so you're someone who's listening to this right now, and they're just like, "Yeah, my identity is really wrapped up in what I do, mm-hmm. or or my goals, what I accomplish." How do we practically change that? I think starting to acknowledge that we're in that position. Okay. Yep. And it's going to sound pretty obvious, but start praying that God would show you whose you are, not yeah. who mm. you, not what you can do. Okay, that's good. Um, a, a song that has been <laughs> integral to me in that is Who You Say I Am. Mm. That I'm a child of God. Yeah. That is who I am. Right. And maybe that's something you like set yourself a reminder every day or put a post-it note on your mirror or in your car just to have that reminder every single day that I am not the things that I do. I am God's child. Yeah, that that's so good. And to be reminded of that, like when you get around family, it doesn't really matter as much like yeah. what you do. Yeah. You know, they, I mean, they care, they're mm-hmm. happy, but it doesn't. So if we're with God, like, is he really going to care like what we do? I mean, to an extent, absolutely. But like, yeah, have we been faithful to what God is calling us to? Like that is way more important than like getting that extra promotion at work or sure. working 75 hours a week to crank to get that next, uh, you know, raise or whatever. You can have a happy, healthy life and not have our jobs wrapped up as our identity and not have our goals wrapped up in that. I I think that's so good. Sawyer and I have been talking quite a bit about Enneagrams. Mm -hmm. I know we've mentioned it on the podcast before. Um, There's a book called The Road Back to You, which is actually a Christian, a pastor, a former pastor who wrote this book on the Enneagram, the different personality types. Highly would recommend it. It's it's approachable. It's very readable. It's Mm -hmm. engaging. You can... I don't know. I finished it in less than a week. <laughs> I'm currently listening. There to you it. go. So I'm currently listening to it. So one of the things it said for threes who were like Sawyer and I who like to, to perform and like yep. to look good in front the of other achievers. People, one of the recommendations he says to to grow healthy mm-hmm. in this is to go somewhere and be with people who don't care. Mm. Who who don't care about w- your achievement because when you're with there instead of trying to like impress them by something you know or something you've done just be with those people and be unimpressive (laughs) so i think that that's kind of a helpful thing get in that mindset who are the people that really don't care Mm -hmm. that you have accomplished that goal those are the people you should be with instead of that feeling that need i've got to talk about my degree i've got to talk about my accomplishments this book i wrote or Mm -hmm. or whatever it is just be with the people that are just happy that you're there yeah happy to be with you yeah that's so valuable i think that's good so purposely put yourself in those locations so that that's the second thing change our perspective um change our identity yeah so it's not found in these goals what's what's the third thing the third thing is where we're placing our satisfaction Mm. because you touched on this in your message and i think it's so true that it's really easy for us to get wrapped up in i want to accomplish this thing so i'm happy yeah that if I get that promotion, if I, you know, if I work out this many days a week, if I read this many, many, this many books, then I'm going to be happy. Yes. And the huge, as you mentioned in your message, the huge disappointment is, is that even when we reach those things, we're still looking for happiness. Yes. 
Yeah, so obviously if you're not reaching the goal and your satisfaction you think is going to be found in that, you're going to be super disappointed. Right, because you didn't reach it. So your satisfaction can't be in that. But even if you reach the goals, your satisfaction can't be in it. Right. It might be temporary. You might enjoy it for a while. And then it's like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Um, so, so what do we do then um, to, to change this so our satisfaction isn't found in those goals? Not putting our satisfaction in those goals. Okay. And yeah. finding our satisfaction in Jesus. Okay, that's good. And so this might sound a little counterintuitive, but I would encourage people to to celebrate your goals mm. because it is cool. It yeah. is a moment that you should celebrate and be excited. Look what I have done or look what we have done as a team. Mm-hmm. We, we reach this goal. Celebrate it. Embrace that moment because there is a moment of temporary satisfaction in it. Absolutely. And I think we should enjoy those moments. We should ha- throw a party. Mm-hmm. I, I think celebration is, is a spiritual discipline. It is. In the book, the the spiritual disciplines. Yeah. It, it's one spiritual of spiritual discipline handbook, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I forget the author of that book, but we'll put it in the show it notes. Calhoun. That sounds be. correct. We'll um, put it in the show notes. Celebration is literally one of the spiritual disciplines yeah. up there with prayer and fasting. Celebration is an important thing we should do in our spiritual. Life. And in fact, Jesus was called out for celebrating too much. Too much. One of the problems that the Pharisees had with him is like, you're always out feasting with with sinners. Like you're you're partying too much, Jesus. Like what are you doing? And he's like. No, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. The angels are partying over one <laughs> sinner who repents. That's right. So you should be partying too yeah. if a sinner repents. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. You should celebrate. Mm-hmm. So when you have those moments, celebrate them. Absolutely. Enjoy them, but also know that it will not sustain your happiness. Mm-hmm. It will not. Um, so I, I, I don't want to jump too quickly, but you do then need to set new goals. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, you did get the degree. Okay, but now that you have the degree, that's not going to hold you over and be happy forever. You got the job, but that job is not going to make you happy forever. You had the, the kid, mm-hmm. but your kid is not going to make you happy forever. <laughs> Celebrate it, but then there's new goals. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and that's good to move on to the new goals. So take some, some time, celebrate. You don't have to set the goal right away. Take right. some time, bask in the, the, <laughs> the enjoyment that God has given you through that. But then make a new goal. Once again, keeping it in perspective, not finding your satisfaction or identity in it. And, and I think that's going to be a good thing. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping that if you uh, hear this, that this helped you a little bit mm-hmm. with your goal setting and, and how you're accomplishing goals. Some of you might be listening to this and, and think, I do need to set some goals. Right. Uh, I haven't had any goals for a while. Um so you do need to set some. Others need to maybe get rid of some goals <laughs> or change how you're pursuing those goals. Um, and we'd like to hear from you. If you've set a goal recently, we'd like to hear from you and we'll pray for you and encourage Absolutely. you on that goal. E- email me, once again, mwolf at arisedenver.com or Sawyer strap at arisedenver.com. We'd love to hear from you about your goals. Um, and then we'd love to have you come back next week. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast, share it with a friend, uh, review us, rate us on wherever you're getting your podcast, and we'll hope to talk with you next week because we are starting a new series, Doomsday Preppers. The end is near, my friends. The end <laughs> is near. Yeah, so we're really excited about that, so make sure to tune in next week. And thank you so much for listening to the 10,000 Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sawyer Trapp again, associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver. We want to encourage you to do three things. First is to subscribe, to make sure you're getting the podcast each and every week to help bring God into your 10,000. We'd also love it if you would share this, if you would make this not only a part of your life, but a part of somebody else's. 
And then finally, if you are benefited by anything that we do, either as a church or on this podcast, we would love it if you would give. You can do that at risedenver.com slash give to continue to support the mission and impact that we're having on this community and in the lives of the people of our church and those discovering us for the first time. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.